You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at two, five, ten, or twenty-five dollars and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hello, this is Bradley Martin, and today we're going to be discussing a novel adaptation, actually several novels, I believe, and also a mangaka series, fantasy series written by Nehoko Uashi, directors Masashi Ando and Masayuki Miyagi. We're talking about The Deer King today, an anime film about nature, violence, politics, disease, and perhaps the most strongest cure of all, love. <laughs> Is it love? Kindness? I don't think uh, a strange, damp woman in a lake handing out deer horns is a good way to choose a leader. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's an incredibly vague synopsis of this. Well, to get a I bit mean, more vague. That's fitting enough because the, the movie itself is a little plot. Like it, it's got one of them anime plots. Yes, it does. Yes. There's yes, a lot does. going on here. Would it surprise you to learn that there are two kingdoms at war? One that wears red <laughs> and one that wears blue. So we do have this man named Van who was enslaved to a salt mine, a survivor of a band of warriors with a, a wife and child that has succumbed to a disease, an illness, a plague, which is actually plaguing the entire world, or at least the world as we know it. He's able to escape his uh, prison of a salt mine one day with a little girl named Yuna after they're attacked by wolves. Now, these wolves aren't just any ordinary wolves. Oh, they're like the big German shepherdy, giant, bared teeth, disease-carrying kind. When these wolves bite you, rather than eviscerate you and eat you alive, as is what I thought wolves do, they just say, ha, you got my disease and you got a plague leave now. you alone. Enjoy the plague. <laughs> Enjoy the plague. Wolf <laughs> trolls out. Yeah. And, and then you're sick. Now, Van, for some reason, doesn't succumb to the disease and rather just kind of lives with it. A physician wants to find out what the reason for this is. If he can unlock the secrets of what makes Van special and not a corpse, he could save not just his own kingdom, but everyone, like a good uh, medical practitioner does. Now, with me to talk about this, somebody who always makes sure that his wolves wear masks when they're at the supermarket, Chad is with us. Hey, uh, yeah, that, that makes sense because my wife just got COVID yesterday, so masking it up. Oh, very sorry to hear that. Quick recovery to your spouse, good sir. And TC is with us today, someone who was, uh, if it was a third kingdom in this 
series or film would say, hey, maybe we don't all kill each other. Maybe we just talk it out over a movie. Yeah, that's exactly. That's how I like to solve all my problems is in watching a good film. <laughs> and someone who I just found out knows a lot about politics and government and making them very entertaining. Matt Foster is with us. Yeah, I was I was I was funny before I hit play or record. Now my mind is blank. <laughs> he was Matt on was a roll, ranting and raving that he rejects this movie because the One Kingdom wears masks like a bunch of fascists. <laughs> why, do, why do they have to wear masks to 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 to, to abandon to examine bodies that are infected with a government plague? Anyway, it's a selective plague. It's no danger to them. Why are they in their masks? What are they? What are they? Don't they know that the that the deer king is turning the frogs gay. <laughs> <laughs> also, I broke a lot of laws, and I'm broke now. It's quite sad that I'm broke at 52. It's, it's, it's very tragic, and no one around me is taking any schadenfreude from it. None at all. Uh, you could also check out Matt Foster on the Nighthawks podcast. We're here to talk about the deer king today. A lot of people got a bit excited when they saw some some of this trailer. Like, oh my gosh, is this a an unverified sequel to Mononoke Hime, um, one of Miyazaki's epic grand animations by Studio Ghibli? It is not. Now that doesn't mean you shouldn't watch it. But these other three gentlemen with me will, will hopefully explain why you should watch it, it. I thought it was fine, but what do you, what do you all three think? I mean, this is definitely. Um... Like like vis a vis the Studio Ghibli, this is kind of a uh, you know a flavor aid, Nodder pop, you know, this is the jokely soda, jolly soda, Mike, Mike, Mikey shoe. Yeah, this is the this is the doctor jolly good, Thund- jolly good. This is the Doctor Thunder of environmental anime, <laughs> the Malto meal of Studio Ghibli, if you will. But that does not the make it Oreo bad. The Oreo cookie, since hydroxyl cookies, or whatever they're called, <laughs> yeah, actually came yeah. first. <laughs> Look it up. Yes. Well, this is not to say that this is bad, just because we are calling it essentially the dollar store version of a Studio Ghibli film, because the animators, the creators of this have come from Studio Ghibli themselves. And we've been getting more uh, films from alumni from studio ghibli there was the witching flower that was on netflix a few years ago and if there's anything to be said about eastern animation it remains some of the finest animation there is i have deep love for 2d animation hand-drawn animation and there's certainly some cg enhancements in this but hand-drawn films eastern animated films that stick with the more tradition uh, traditional style of of animated filmmaking they hold up because they are just a joy to look at. Um, I'm going to push back on the dollar store comment, TC, and say it's more like a five below. I feel like this is more of like, hey, it's Christmas time, and I'm signed up to be all these secret Santas, and they're like, it's got to be a $30 purchase. Like, well, no, it's going to be five, and this is what you're getting. You want a Princess Mononoke, (laughs) you got the Deer King. You're not going to know the difference. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) I again with most of the movies I do on this channel, I kind of like will watch the trailer for like 15 seconds. And then when it came yeah. up that we had to watch this, you know, a month and a half after I signed up for it, I'm like, the Deer King, the Deer King, what's the Deer King? I don't know what the Deer King, okay. Uh, and I turn on, I'm like, oh, anime? Yes, I'm in. I'm, I'm always a sucker for a good anime. Generally speaking, this falls into the same realm as Mandalorian and Obi Wan. It is a tough, hard as nails 
lone cowboy with a little kid. So if that's your jam, you're going to get that again. Seems to be cub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems to be a consistent theme the past couple of years. Yeah, and Van is a cool character. This is a badass former magical soldier who has been enslaved, and now he's back out there kicking ass again, uh, almost in an unforgiven Clint Eastwood style of like, I thought I put this life behind me, but here I am again. <laughs> also, he um, he had he, he shurukens a uh, rampaging wild boar. Yes, he does. <laughs> Dude, that was great. Only because, like, I was watching a video about how, like, boars are a problem, you know, worldwide. Uh, like, earlier that day when I watched this movie and the fact that he just, like, punched a boar in the face and stopped in his tracks. I'm like, yeah, fuck them boars. Fuck them up. <laughs> <laughs> well, just to kind of accentuate the Mando feels... Like the Mandalorian, when a character shows up and they're like, would you like to hear how this all ties into the Skywalker trilogy? You know, a lot of the audience, including myself, was like, actually, I just kind of want to see the Mando and Baby Yoda do some stuff. And it's similar here. There's an overarching imminent danger that a brave warrior must step up to and uh, with his young ward, you know, sees their destiny to, to stop the evil. Again, very vague plot summary. It's a little bit more complicated than that. But my feelings were, I kind of want to want to see Yuna and Van go on a boar hunt and train more deers, honestly. Mm -hmm. That was gorgeous. That was a wonderful mood piece. And it's kind of this film's bread and butter when Van and Yuna are doing um, daddy-daughter stuff. Yeah. The political stuff in this is pretty complex there's warring kingdoms here where game of thrones is happening in this movie and it's like cramming an entire george martin novel into a two-hour movie <laughs> this is a long movie and that politics stuff is confusing a uh, part of that will come from me being western and this is subtitled and trying to follow the the names and the classifications and what's this kingdom and this kingdom it's a lot to keep track of Pardon me for being basic, but I don't know if that would be any easier if it was dubbed because there's a lot of machinations here and there's not very clear – it's not clear enough who's the bad guy within the hierarchy of these politics and who's who's doing what. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with Bradley that the time we spend with Van and he escapes with Yuna and he joins this little community of people and becomes – a rancher essentially until he's sucked back into the fray. That stuff's great. It's the political stuff that starts becoming overly complicated. Uh, there's another character, an assassin who is sent after him. We, she's great. I would love to know more about her. The doctor character who the narrative, the POV is handed off to the doctor about the halfway point. Suddenly we're getting narration from the doctor and now he's the POV character, which is very abrupt I didn't mind it, but it would have been nice to be more consistent with who are we as the audience following and watching this movie through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it impressed my kids. They're like, what is going on with these warring nations? Like, who's bad and who's good? And I'm like, oh, well, clearly it's reaching from the Sengoku Jedi period of Japan. And if you know about that stuff, you'll understand this plot. Oh, and they're like, do you know about it? And I'm like, yeah. just that phrase that I just said. <laughs> or, or I could just hit a bong and go, ninjas are dope. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, if you're expecting more ninja scroll from this, you're not going to get it. While there are some neat action sequences in this, this is a drama. This is very little action for a two-hour film of, that has a samurai ninja assassin and a former magical soldier who can stiff arm a boar into non-existence. <laughs> what, I, what I really appreciate about this movie is its attention to detail of the background action and the background specifically. Like, obviously, all the, the foreground an, animation, like, it looks great. But there's, you know, when they switch, like, the camera in the world, you know, they'll have somebody that was, like, uh, maybe a, a profile on the A cam, and now we go to B cam, and it's the back of their head. A lot of times, especially back in the day, you would skip that kind of um, continuity because it's just it's going to add more time. It's just going to add more animation. But they obviously really cared about making this look as real as possible in 2D, and I thought it was... I thought it was gorgeous. Didn't need a bong rip for me to, like, really enjoy this. Yeah, as said, visually, this is a very stunning film. And mm. that goes to a lot of anime. Thought over. <laughs> I am. Okay, for, for one thing, I don't need it. It just helps. Um, oh, no, no. <laughs> no judgment from me, brother. At it is a, it's a two-hour film, <laughs> and on paper, if you go act by act, it's actually kind of a short film, a short explanation. The third act, mysticism will solve everything. How did you guys feel about it transitioning from such serious political intrigue, cloak and dagger, to suddenly, hello, I'm the ancient one? And again, these are vague terms, but how did you feel about that? Don't introduce your main villain that late into the movie. An hour and a half into <laughs> yeah. the movie is not the time to introduce the face of your bad guy. And I know we heard his voice twice before he's introduced, but that is not a clear indicator of the threat. When Eye Patch is introduced, it's like, oh, okay, I guess we're just introducing new characters now at the two-hour mark. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm a Jubei reference. Yeah, right. I, I I thought it was really weird. Again, it's it's a lot to cram in for a two-hour movie, and it's based off uh, manga and different stories. So there's probably this whole world that we just don't know about. But the intro to the movie is basically like, hey, welcome to this world. There's two warring factions. Oh, by the way, now there's wolves. It, it like immediately kind of sets up something. But before you can even like wrap your head around the geopolitical bullshit – uh, and the history, they're just like, ah, it doesn't matter anyways because we're going to kill a bunch of people now. Uh, so I, I definitely think points were rushed, and you could probably feel, uh, you know, if this was transcribed from different media, especially books, novels, manga, whatever, you know, there's going to be some some gaps we're going to have to tighten up only because we don't have all the time in the world. Yeah, 100%. Let's carry that into our final thoughts. Uh, Matt, sir, would you lead us, please? I think this is guilty of like setting itself up for some like big shoes issues. If you can set that aside and realize like this is this is uh its own thing. Um it was very soothing. Uh I like the mythology, I like the art style and the the animation a lot. I agree that like it's kind of the the plot is sort of needlessly baroque. You could have just sort of set it up as, you know, in fair Verona. You know, two two, <laughs> yeah. two factions emerged, 
and gotten on with it. I, I, and I, I think that would have freed up time for the actual mythology of what was going on, which was more interesting. I don't know how I feel about like there, there, there's not as much action in it as you would think, right? Like, like you mentioned, right. But the stuff that's subbed in for it is like this very soothing, very wholesome content in the middle of it. And that was the part that I liked a lot. And, and so I can't get too mad about it. So I guess, um, I guess I give it, um, I'm going to give it seven and a half out of nine or no, let's say seven and a half out of 11 ounces of, uh, nourishing life giving deer milk. <laughs> there you go. By TC. the way, trigger warning. There's a lot of deer milking in this. Yes. Oh yeah. For all you milking non-enthusiasts out there. <laughs> I, I did keep thinking, uh, I have nipples, Greg, could you milk me? <laughs> <laughs> Very good, uh, yes. TC, your final thoughts. Well, first, Van and Yuna are such a lovely pair of characters as a father and this adopted daughter. They're just, every time they're together, there's some real magic happening here. But also, the doctor and his guard, his friend, sort of the overly enthusiastic, I'm here to protect you, don't make that face. I love that guy. Like He's very underutilized, but he's such a great character for what little they do with him. So... In that respect, I really liked what they did with those handful of characters, and I wish the narrative had been a bit tighter or a little more focused. And I also mentioned the assassin as well. I would have loved to see more of her. If you're a fan of epic poetry, like The Tale of Genji or Beowulf, or if you find yourself thoroughly drawn to a movie like The Northman or 13th Warrior or even Gladiator in some respects then this is going to be for you. It's very long and mythical and heroic in a more traditional ancient text way than what our modern sensibilities may desire. This is like a plot of a small number of characters from Game of Thrones, but the books, not the show. It's drawn out and it's poetic verse in visual. If that doesn't sound appealing to you, you're going to want to pass on this. Even as far as anime goes, there are much more. There are many other movies and shows that are going to scratch that itch better than this does. But I enjoy the animation in this a lot. I am a sucker for 2D, as I said. It feels more alive, and there's more passion and humanity than what computers can do. Don't get me wrong, I like Pixar, but there's just something lost that we no longer get that we did get in 2d animation. And for that reason, I will always enjoy Eastern and Eastern influenced film. Aside from that though, this isn't something I can ardently recommend. So take all those thoughts, combine them into a number and I'm going to give the deer King six and a half out of 10 deer whistles. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Was that what you're going to use? <laughs> you know, well, I mean, it's very obvious, right? No, no, no. I'll, I'll figure it out. Okay. Okay. I had two more. All right, Chad. Yes. Your final thoughts. Uh, I'm I'm a I'm a simple man. Simple needs. Uh, gone are the days where you know I was in my teens and early twenties, where and I would just buy everything that I could, you know, consume, uh, specifically manga and, um, you know, just anime in general. Uh, I don't get to enjoy that stuff as much as an adult anymore. So. I think I'm coming in on this review more sympathetic and, uh, you know, blase about the real problems with this movie. Cause there are some issues, but 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm an honest man. I'm a decent man. I, I, the the visuals alone, I feel, are are worth your time. Even if you're not into anime, if you're into cinematography, like it, it's a very cool way to introduce, like even some basic movements that you really don't see in like you know decent live action films nowadays. So the attention to detail, the father daughter storyline is heartwarming, and yeah, I mean it's not the first to do it, but it's a different way of telling it. It's not very cut and dry. Like you would think. Uh, and, and by the end, the relationship changes and I was upset by it, but also I accepted it not to give any spoilers away. And if it is too much, just cut that out. Anyways, I'll, I'm going to go eight and a half out of 10 wolf bites. I, I really, I really did enjoy it. So, much like I was pretending to understand a lot of warring history and nations of unrest with conflicts between each other. Uh, yes, the Sengoku Jedi, of course. Many heroes came from that time period. You don't know your history? I'm a fraud. <laughs> I've read on that history and still I don't understand the politics of it. At the heart of this story is uh, this is my child that has done me a solid, and I will do her a solid by being her father. And the child being all like, that big guy there, I'm watching out for that guy. And they travel together, and it's beautiful. They never have a big, dramatic, you're my child and you're my dad, because nothing is ever as on the nose as that in uh, these type of um stories but it definitely resonated through the whole thing whether they were enduring hardships or just relaxing on a farm or having fun showing people how to ride a deer i loved everything about this in those aspects so i'm gonna give this one as well seven out of ten plague dogs eh? Those wolves, I mean, they were more like dire wolves than wolf wolves, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Is winter coming? No, disease. Yeah. <laughs> we need Liam Neeson to take care of some of those guys. COVID's coming. No, I mean, wolves yeah. are wolves. coming. No, 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 no. This is no, no parallels to current reality. Wolf, wolves 19. <laughs> SARS-CoVid, wolves 19. SARS-CoVid, wolves 19. <laughs> 